Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 10 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, you've got a dream, but are you thinking about it strategically? Well, we'll discuss three questions that can help you dream more strategically in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. This is the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, and welcome back. This is Larry Gates coming at you with Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi, my sidekick, cohort, co host, co laborer. <laughs> um, what else are we co doing? I don't know. Lots of things, but co venturing. Co venturing. Yeah, we're having fun. Every day, day in, day out, we've got a lot of stuff to do. Today's episode we're going to jump right into is about dreaming strategically. Mm. And uh, it's not something that I hear much about. It's true. Yeah, it's all just about dreaming. Yeah. Not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, who do you think of when you think of as a big dreamer, Armin? Yeah, it's interesting. You even asked that last night. Uh, my friend Steve and I were just talking about this. And uh, the two people that came up that I talked about were Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King. We were just talking about how they had Nelson Mandela had a a a dream for unity and peace for his people, and he had it at a time where it it seemed impossible. And even when he ended up in prison, that that it's the last place you can really dream, um, tangibly dream. You know, you can dream uh, f- fancy dreams that you feel like you'll never touch. But he had a dream for something that even in prison, he never let go. He held on to that mm-hmm. Bible and dreamt, dreamt of the day that he could bring his people together and bring freedom into his country and unite his people. And uh, I mean, he he accomplished so much more than people ever thought he would. And he did it out of a prison cell at first. You yeah, know? and who can forget Martin Luther King's famous yeah. I Have a Dream speech. Right? I mean, you know? come on. He is almost the American icon of dream. You can't, I don't think you can ask that question without right. having his name come up in the conversation. Right, and it wasn't long ago when he started that dream. I mean, think, of, I mean, think about where we are today. I'm, I, it's not like racism is dead or people are no longer prejudiced. I mean, it still exists, but compared to what it was to what it is the different freedoms that exist i mean a lot of that had to do with martin luther king i mean his dream has come true for the most part yeah yeah well and we are often encouraged in our culture to to dream and to dream big right i mean there's uh, and and you look at people like nelson mandela and you look at people like martin luther king and who am I with my little dream here to imagine that one day, um, you know, something big might become of it. Right. And yet we're, we're often inspired and there's a lot of, I think half truths out there yeah. about dreaming. Right. Well, here's one from a very famous guy who said this, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You know, 
It's a very famous quote. It's a very famous quote. And it's the kind of stuff that warms you up, makes you feel good about yourself. And then you realize when when you think about it is, well, that's not really true. Right. It's kind of a half truth. We want to believe the part that if only I do more, something is going to happen. Right. The the half truth lie there is that we have complete self-determination, that we are God. And that if we only exert enough energy on the world, that whatever we desire will happen. Right. Uh, but that isn't submission to the way the world works. I mean, most of us know that we might wish for something and we might pursue it with all of our lives and all of our heart and all of our passion. Right. But you can still find that whatever you're doing could be thwarted by something outside your control. Right. So I, I'm not going to be an NFL football player is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, like I know I'm not going to be an NFL football <laughs> player. And that's a great example. But, you know, just something even even less fantastic than that is, you know, I was talking to a guy who had just started a company. He was part of the founding team of a company out in California. They were getting set to really rock it. They were signing the papers to receive $30 million in financing, which would get them to take off. Yeah, that'd be helpful. And the investment banking firm that they were signing the deal with uh, happened to be in uh, the World Trade Center, and the deal was going down on September the 11th, no 2001. Way. And that company no longer exists anymore. It's a, it's, wow. That's one of the small fatalities of that you know, awful tragedy that occurred on September the 11th. But that was somebody's dream. Wow. And you can push and you can work really hard to it, and, and that particular thing didn't, didn't happen. And we don't need many examples of that. We all have things in our lives that are disappointing that we go, man, I really pushed really hard. And you find truths that are kind of like the Walt Disney thing. And in yeah. Walt Disney, his character blown out of proportion because his brand is, you know, means all this wonderful yeah. good stuff that just makes you feel very good about yourself and all the rest. Right. But when you're in the messy part of executing your own dream and you read something like that and it's just like, it, it's the equivalent to somebody saying, well, God didn't answer that prayer because you didn't have enough faith. Hmm. You know, hmm. or you didn't pray hard enough, or there's something right. you didn't do. Right. As opposed to saying sometimes the answer is no. Hmm. And that's the reality of it. You know, so when you hear things like all of our dreams can t- come true, all of our dreams can come true right. if we only have the courage to pursue them. Well, A, you can't pursue all your dreams. I mean, right. I'm living proof of that. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. You know, I'm not I'm, a professional I'm, singer, professional football player. <laughs> my mind can imagine so many more things than I can possibly give attention to. So right. pursuing them all is right. is a death trap right. to begin with. We would have to clone you several times. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then to have them say that they can come true with just the amount of effort, you know, I don't yeah. think that's that's true. Yeah. So we're going to instead be inspired by someone else's remarks on this. That's Colin Powell. What did he say? All right. I love this guy. He said, a dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. There you go. Now that's reality. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And and it is so it isn't the kind of the magic of just, you know, wishing it's true. And it takes more than courage to pursue it. And Colin Powell isn't saying that all dreams come true. He's just saying a dream won't come true if you just sit there and wish for it. Right. 
But I do think there is something inspirational about Walt Disney. Oh, gosh, yeah. I would not want to say he's not inspiring. Right. Um, I think he tickles the core of what we all want to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just to clarify, not the the quote itself is easy to maybe kind of tear apart a little bit, but Walt Disney himself. Oh, yeah. He was a remarkable man. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He was a remarkable man. Yeah. But the challenge is when we take even what somebody who is quite accomplished and quite remarkable and we mm. take their words at face value and we pursue them and then we say well what's wrong with me because he achieved it and there's so so therefore there must be something wrong with me right. if my life is just this little thing or we feel like oh well that's so out of touch and now it doesn't have any value at all because he's yeah. so far out there yeah you know, that was Walt Disney yeah well I, I think the cool thing about Walt Disney too is that he dreamed big and yes. he never apologized yep. for it that's not right. once he yep. never said I'm sorry for dreaming this dream he never said this is I get it's too big and nobody will understand it he never apologized for it he just went after it yeah even them. when it looked crazy yeah even when it looked like Noah building an ark yeah like, what are you doing yes yeah and the story of his life is actually pretty imp- uh, inspiring. He lost everything he had and yet bounced back because of the power of dream propelled him to do things that still sort of hold the world in awe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've probably been to Disney World. Oh, yeah. Disneyland, Many times. You know, it's it's a little magical world, basically, that you yeah. can walk into. You only have to go in through the small world ride once yep. and you have it in your head the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Does it haunt you a little? <laughs> well, you know, I start singing the tune, it'll stay there all day. Right. <laughs> But we live in a world that encourages people to dream big. I mean, you got Fortune 500 companies that dream big. You got humanitarian organizations that dream big, and they're applauded for it. But some, for some reason, the people are discouraged and denounced so often for having big dreams. I mean, Walt Disney had a mouse. Yeah, right. I mean, he had a mouse. Who could make up uh, uh, an empire with a sketch, yeah, you know? Of one, a mouse. Of a mouse, yeah. yeah the not, thing you want to get rid of in yeah, your house, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like, and we got we got a people group here who, we're, we're, we're a chosen generation, right? That's how we're, the people of God are described as a chosen generation. So we have, we have an empty tomb. We have the word of God. We have the promises of God. We have a spirit. And I think it's safe to think that it's okay to dream and dream big. The only thing is we just might have to start small. Right on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I think that's where we get, especially my generation, is we think big, dream big, and go big. And yeah, then, and and then the expectation is that it's going to happen fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's um, especially prominent in your generation, but it's certainly still true in mine. Right. And I think it's just part of the programming of our culture. You know, we get the commercials; everything is resolved in an episode of thirty minutes or an hour, and we think life ought to be clean; it ought to happen quickly. Right. Resolutions and outcomes should appear within a time horizon that is acceptable to me. Right. And frankly, that's not the case. Denise Shakurjian wrote a a great book called Uncommon Genius, Hmm. and she studied the MacArthur Foundation Award winners. And these are the people who've been nominated and have demonstrated excellence in creativity from all walks of life. So Hmm. they're they're physicians, which you might expect. There were attorneys. There was a juggler that won. (laughs) I mean, there are all kinds of different people. And one of the things that she pointed out when she looked at the thread of what made these people successful in their endeavors, in their creative inspirations, the thing that they came up with, the one thing that she said was common was that they never stopped, even though they weren't sure what the outcome was going to be. They felt like there was this stumbling about, Hmm. and even in the stumbling about, they kept at it. Yeah. 
you know, and yeah. it's hard work and it's that determination that uh, Colin Powell was talking about. Yes, exactly. That, that makes it happen. Yeah. Nothing in a dream is ever going to be linear. Exactly. You know? And I think, I think that that's a great segue into the main topic that we're going to talk about, which is the three questions to get strategic about your dream. Yeah. And, yes. and so let me ask you this question. Let's yeah. start with uh, let's start with a question that isn't one of the three. Okay. <laughs> which is better being tactical or strategic? Why do I feel like this is a trick question? Larry? It is a trick question. <laughs> so which is it? Um, I don't like trick questions, Larry. I <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to say either. I want to say either. <laughs> All right, good. Well, you, you answered well. <laughs> good, Grasshopper. <laughs> because uh, you know most of us tend to think that strategy and tactics are opposite of one another. Mm. You know that that uh, the tactics are the stuff that you get done, and strategy is kind of the good stuff over here. But when somebody says, "Well, they're very tactical." The thinking is that they aren't strategic, right? Right. Or if you say, well, they're a very strategic thinker, by implication, you're almost saying, well, they're no use on a day-to-day basis. Right. You know, they're kind of too big to be helpful anywhere else. Right. But I don't find that they're um, in conflict. In fact, I think that uh, tactics are not the enemy of strategy. Strategy is not the enemy of tactics. They're complementary. Mm-hmm. But we get into our thinking this idea that somehow they are at tension with one another and in fact, they're not. The enemy of strategy is not tactics. The enemy of strategy is opportunism. Hmm. The enemy of strategy is when you just take on something without giving it much thought about where that fits in the whole scheme of things. Now, hmm. I know that there's some degree to which we need to you know, pursue the things that are around us, and there's some randomness right. to it. Yeah. But more of us tend to be opportunistic than we are strategic. And I find this, uh, you know, in our consulting practice, and I've advised a lot of CEOs, especially these entrepreneur sales-oriented guys that are starting consulting companies, and they go off and they decide, (laughs) here's a job that we can acquire over in this industry, Mm -hmm. you know, in healthcare, Mm -hmm. and they deploy a bunch of people to help out in healthcare, and then they go and deploy a bunch of people in manufacturing, and then in finance, and then in retail, and pretty soon, that's all well and good until those people come off the engagement and they're now on the bench, yep. and there's nothing to support it because there's no synergy. Right. They're just scattered all over the place. Right. Well, that's an opportunistic leader. Mm-hmm. He's uh, responding to whatever somebody might say, I'll give you money for that. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. As a, and that's the common denominator. Where can I get coin? Right. Right. And right. sometimes our common denominator, don, don, uh, let me try that again. Our <laughs> common denominator is what, where can I have fun or what, what excites me or what, you know, we get coin perhaps in a different way. Right. But we're not thinking necessarily strategic about how to tie things together. So we need to th- talk about that. We need to talk about three questions that we can think about to know whether we're acting opportunistically or strategically. Yeah. And here are the three. Okay. First is how important is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. The second is, how hard is it? Mm-hmm. And the third is, who cares? Yeah, that one's going to need some explanation. Yeah, well, I think they, <laughs> they all might. Yeah. You know? So let's start with the first one. Okay. So we're going to get strategic about our dreams. And the first thing, and I, and I find this one to be really one of the hardest for me, is the question about how important is it? Mm-hmm. And it's important to ask that question about whatever you're pursuing in your next great beginning in thinking about even as you might be anticipating maybe starting a new business or you might be thinking about uh, you know l- learning the tango you know whatever it is right. or or writing a book right. you know whatever that new dream is that new beginning that you want to get underway we have to ask ourselves 
how important is this to us? Because opportunistic thinkers devalue their dream by only working on it when they have time. Which we never do. Which, (laughs) uh, you know, time is one of those things that uh, we will occupy with something. Right. And it's the old, you know, put the big rocks in the jar first. You you know that, that whole story about if you don't get the big rocks in the jar... You won't get any other rocks in of any other size. And many of us treat this dream that we might be harboring, nurturing, thinking about as something we'll do when we get around to it. Right. Or as we have some time. That rarely happens. Mm -hmm. So the strategic thinkers are thinking strategically about your dream. Mm -hmm. How important is it to you? Yeah. You got to think about it like you're romancing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, when you were dating Ashley, right? You romanced her a little I, this bit. Is didn't a hor- you? I'm not romantic. I'm assuming you romanced <laughs> your wife. Tell me you romanced your wife before I, I, you got I married. I did further proposal. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're so opportunistic. No, I was very strategic. Oh. I, we interviewed each other for three weeks before dating. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was not romantic. Oh, that's, no. yo. I know. Wow, you had a criteria checklist and no, everything. Did no. she too? No, it was it was probably awkward for her. Oh. But I, it was very serious for me because I was dating to get married. I was done dating to date. So wow. It wow. Was, I know. I'm yeah. a horrible example. <laughs> well, you did get off the top shelf, though. I'll tell you that much. Thank you. I know. I do. I, I did marry up. I will agree with that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when you're forming, well, when normal people form a relationship, <laughs> I mean, you know, you. Well, I'm an outlier. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm the outlier. I don't know. You know, you start in a new relationship. You're fond of the person. You want right. to spend time with them. I'm guessing that that, that was that, true. That was very right. true. Right. Yes. So that, that's the point, really, I want to get at. If you think about romance as spending time to get to know somebody, right, mm-hmm. you now put Put a priority on it and yeah. you make time for them. That's right. Now, the more you spend time with them, the more saturated you become with them. Mm-hmm. So the question about your dream and how important is it, how important is it to you that you start romancing it and it starts to occupy more and more of your thinking? Right. But in fact, a psychologist found that when you start to focus on something, it starts to draw your attention to other things that connect to it. So you get energy around it. Yeah. So this is really one of the harder ones. You right. know, it seems like a quick question to ask. How important is it? But how important is it for you to work on it? Right. So on that, we covered the question, how important is it? The next question is, how hard is it? Right. Right. So we got a lot of opportunistic people who worry about effort. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I will admit and confess to this sin. Uh, they either overestimate the effort and never start or underestimate it and quit too early. Done that a few times. Uh, moving on to dream after abandon the dream. There's a lot of people who think strategically, but they place a higher premium on the idea than the effort it takes to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, and I know enough people in my life that have done that, um, especially in the entrepreneurial circles. Mm-hmm. And I'm well, I'm sure you've seen that as well. And um, a lot of people have this misconception that somehow if the idea is good enough or big enough or grand enough that somehow the idea itself will come to fruition because why would people not see how great it is and they don't put enough effort or enough execution into the idea where it never comes into fruition mm-hmm. just because they think the idea is that good. And I, I mean, I've personally done that. Right. I can probably list three businesses that I've flopped because of that, but I was young. I was mm-hmm. early 20s thinking I had something figured out and I didn't. So. Mm-hmm. 
Have you ever experienced anything like that? I think we all go through that. Our minds can imagine and project what uh, the dream would look like, and then we start getting into it, and it becomes messier than we anticipate. You know, I like the right. I like what one person said: things always take longer than they do. You yeah. know, and uh, and it always feels like when you get in that messy middle, it's hard to keep going. Yep. You know, yep. and you can measure the size of your commitment by what it takes to stop you. Mm-hmm. If there is enough resistance, can you actually say that again. Yeah, That's, you measure the size of your commitment by what it takes to stop you. Stop you. That, yeah. I, oh. All right, sorry. That's that. That's one of those things that just makes me want to beat my chest. There you, you know, go. Like, that brings the man out in me. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you know, you, you think, am I going to be, just ask yourself when you're facing resistance in whatever form it comes, it might come in somebody's criticism. Yeah. It might come uh, with a financial challenge. It might come with somebody not living up to their end of the bargain and letting you down. And ask yourself when you're in this and when you say, how hard is it? Strategically ask yourself when you encounter that kind of resistance to say, is this a size? Is yeah. this what's going to stop me? Yeah. Is this thing going to stop me from being successful with this? Yeah, I love that because we're not even talking about what is it going to take for you to start? We're talking about what is it going to take for you to be stopped? Right. You know, that's such a different perspective to have. If a dream is really something that is exciting you it's something that you're passionate about something that it, you can't stop thinking about and you're pursuing it now the question is you've become a wrecking ball that nothing will stand in your way and what will it take to stop you because a brick wall won't yeah and it's not and when a, you encounter resistance to say is that is that what i'm willing to let stop me right and if it's something that is just you're just so caught up in it, yeah. there it'll take a lot for you. To yeah, stop. if you think about it, the earlier question is how important is it? You yeah. shouldn't start something if it isn't important. So exactly. that's the start question, yes. right? Yes. And uh, how hard is it? Is the keep going question, right? You know, so are you going to stop because you've encountered some problem along the way? Right. And any dream that's big enough, yes. you know, look at the resistance Martin Luther King had, yes. or Nelson Mandela, or <laughs> yes. Walt Disney, or any of the ones that we've talked about, Colin exactly. Powell, all of them had their resistance. Yep, and their dreams were, and this is not an exaggerated statement, their dreams were worth it dying for. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about that. That life itself could not stop them. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, I love, sorry, you just got me all. Yeah, I got up. you, got you juiced up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it though. Go this for is, it. <laughs> this is where we want to be. So, okay. Uh, so we just covered two now. We got. Yeah. And the last one. So we've got uh, how important is it and how hard is it? Now we have who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Explain that one. Well, here's the thing. If you're thinking opportunistically about your dream, you're only doing it to make other people's happy. Hmm. You know, so when you encounter the, the resistance to your dream yeah. and it's not making somebody happy that you're doing something toward that, it's taking time or whatever, then you shut down because you don't have aspirations of your own. You're looking to satisfy the agenda of someone else or whatever it is that you think is going to make you feel good about yourself. Hmm. So it could be your parents. Hmm. It might be your boss. It might be your spouse. It might be your siblings, yep. your family system, whatever, mm -hmm. but you're, you're living for this projection of what you want other people to think about for you. And right. you're looking for the accolades of the others where strategic thinking about your dream has you focused on your own fulfillment and, and your own commitment. Right. And, uh, and that God has designed a purpose that only you can fulfill. And if you don't play your game, that purpose doesn't get fulfilled. Right. And that's 
focusing strategically. That you got to focus on a greater purpose than than just something that is given to you by others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's helpful to ask that "who cares" question. You know, is this about yeah. me in this dream, or am I doing this because somebody else cares more about it than I do? I have an example of this. I, I think I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes. I started a business for two years that was really someone else's dream, but I got motivated into it. I want to say it that way. It wasn't conniving. It wasn't uh, malicious. I was motivated into it. Hmm. My business partner played on my ego by suggesting that I'd be really good at this. Right. And it seemed logical. I had the background. I had had done prior work in the area. Mm -hmm. They suggested that I would be successful at it as a group. We could make a lot of money. That seemed to add up too. There were a lot of good reasons, except I didn't ask the question, who cares? Hmm. And when I got into it, I realized the business model that we created was, I I was at a baseball game one time, Hmm. at a Twins game, Okay, and I realized my problem at the Twins game. You're a Twins fan. I am not. Actually, I'm not much of a baseball fan, so it's not like I'm not a Twins fan, it's just I'm, I'm not much of a baseball fan. But I went to the game anyway for some reason. And I'm sitting there, and I look down at the guy in front of me, and he's keeping baseball score, you know, with the runs, the yep. hits, the errors, oh, the yeah, scorecard. Yeah. And as soon as I saw him do that, I'm sitting there going, what a waste of time. I mean, <laughs> that's my, you know, I know people get into that, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not being critical of those people, you yeah. know, except that I'm sitting there going, that would be a waste of my time to do that. Right. And it was like God said, you are the man. And I realized that's exactly what I created that business to do, was to measure other people's performance. Hmm. I'm I'm the kind of guy that says, I don't want to keep score. I want to be in the game. I want to be on the ball field. I don't want to be the guy keeping score of what other people are doing on the field. Yet I created a business which was a scorekeeping business of what other people were doing on the field. (laughs) And that was an eye-opening because it was like it was somebody else that was driving that. I wasn't being strategic. I was being opportunistic. I was responding to the fact that we could win business with Microsoft. We did well with it. I was responding to my own ego of what other people were doing, but it wasn't strategic. It was purely opportunistic and was about somebody else that cared about it more than I did. Wow. So it's a good question to ask. That's a powerful story. Yeah, that's a good question. Wow. I love that. So every day we've got a choice. You know, we can think and act strategically, knowing that something's at stake, or we can respond merely opportunistically and in the process, most often allowing our dream to languish Hmm. because we don't work on it. We don't ask the questions, you know, how important is it? How hard is it? What's going to keep me from it? Yeah. And who cares? Am I doing this to satisfy somebody else's dream or my own? Right. And then just back to my entrepreneur point, the, the only difference I've seen between successful entrepreneurs or the main difference I've seen between successful entrepreneurs and the unsuccessful entrepreneurs is execution and effort. It's not whose idea is better, greater, bigger. Yeah. It's just who's willing to execute and put more effort into it. Right. That's been the only differentiator. And you can bring that down to individual people who have little small goals or small dreams even. Well, and it's important that you know that you're doing it for the way God's wired you. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you won't be able to withstand the the messy middle, the hard challenges. Exactly. And, uh, and you'll lose energy, vitality, and it'll just become duty. Yeah. And that's a nightmare, not a dream. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. So that's a definition of a nightmare. Well, we gotta t- we gotta challenge these folks here, our our listening audience, our friends that are 
paying attention to us, and we thank you that you're you're part of this episode. Let's uh, let's talk about it. How to challenge? All right. If you're listening, I don't know if you're driving, walking on a treadmill, whatever you're doing right now, but I, I want to give you a simple challenge. We want you to take some time and answer the questions we just went over today, which were what were they again, Larry? Well, we got first the question is how important is your dream? Mm-hmm. Second one is how hard is it? Mm-hmm. And the third is who cares? Right. So we want you guys to answer those questions. Just we just went over, and it, it really won't take you long. But make sure that you actually write them down or type them out. Mm-hmm. It's a good to get it out of your head and see it in front of you. So whether it's on a screen or a piece of paper, just do that exercise of being able to see it, not just have to let a thought roll around in your head. There's something powerful that takes place when it's written. It's almost like taking a dream and turning it into a proclamation. Well, here's one for you. Yes. I'll give it to you, give you this challenge. Okay. You're now into, you're now into your journaling. Mm -hmm. So do this. We'll report in on our next episode, see how it went. Okay. Journal these three questions for yourself because you are absolutely right. If you don't write it down, Mm -hmm. It doesn't have the same kind of power. It's so easy to just dismiss these questions. Yeah, no, it's, yes. I know. I want to make sure it's for me. I want to make sure it's important. And I want to make sure that nothing stops me, or at least I know what it might take to stop me. Right. right? Yeah, check, check, check. And right. then we move on. Yep. That's not thinking strategically, man. You're still back into opportunism. Yep. Right. Because like, what's next? You know, give me the next thing I need to work on. Yep. If we're going to think strategically about our dreams and we're going to really take it seriously, we need to take the time that you're suggesting mm-hmm. to write, write it down, mm-hmm. you know, and write down the whys of this stuff, you know, go a little deeper, push yeah. yourself. Don't settle for the easy first answer that you come up with. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's both do that as I'm part of our journaling. I'll do it. And uh, we'll, re- we'll report back in our next episode of reinventure me for now. That's all the time that we have. This is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. We're, we thank you that you're part of this episode if you like the show, we'd love for you to leave us a comment or question that you might have at our episode show notes. You'll find reinventure.me slash one zero for episode 10. So reinventure.me slash 10. You can leave a comment. Uh, we'd love to have a question that uh, you might want to include on the show. And you can do that on our website as well at reinventure.me. Please uh, leave us a rating at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. We're now on Stitcher and Happy to be part of that uh, community. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Never stop becoming what you should be. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Amina Saad.